Welcome back to Walk Down Memory Cane from the Illinois School for the Visually Impaired. Anne is going to be sharing with you today the banner from September 1957. Doesn't she do an awesome job reading this cool history? It brings back lots of memories to me, and I'm sure it does the same thing for you. God bless until we meet again in the next podcast. The Banner September 1957 Number 1 New Faces Ten new people have joined our teaching and recreation staff. The banner extends best wishes for a successful and pleasant year to all of our newcomers. In the grade school, Mrs. Suzanne Corey and Miss Laura Schumacher, both of Jacksonville, will teach kindergarten classes. Over in the gym, Miss Patricia Duncan of Kansas City, Missouri, will be Girls Physical Education Director. Miss Mary I. O'Meara of Jacksonville, Mrs. Martha G. Jess, also of Jacksonville, and Mr. Burton Leavitt from Council Bluffs, Iowa, will compose the new Deaf-Blind Department. Mr. Willard R. Sidler of Clayton, Illinois, will be our new orchestra director. Miss Dovey Sui of Our City will be the second grade Braille instructor. Mrs. Mary K. Warren from Carthage, Illinois, is our new piano teacher. Mrs. William Howard will be Mrs. Hugg's new assistant in our recreation department. Attention Prospective Cheerleaders Cheerleading tryouts will be held soon. Everybody is welcome, in fact, urged to make the tryouts a real success. Cheerleading is very enjoyable. It makes you feel that you are helping the team. Besides that, cheerleaders often have the privilege of accompanying the team to other schools to cheer the boys on to victory. So let's have a good turnout at the tryout. New dining hall seating arrangement becomes permanent. A great step forward was made by the students of this high school this year when they voted to continue the experimental seating plan of last year. During the last six weeks of the preceding school year, the students voted to accept the new plan on a trial basis. The fact that they have accepted it permanently shows their desire for progress. The new plan will give the students the same experiences which they would receive while eating with brothers and sisters. Also, the students will feel less self-conscious when eating in public. It is a credit to everyone in our school that the program has been continued. Activities September 24, Tuesday, High School Picnic Movie Schedule September 22nd, Marauders. September 29, The Last Time I Saw Paris. October 6, The Stratton Story. Boys Glee Club Formed. For the first time in eight years, our curriculum is enriched with the addition of a male chorus. 
Thus far, the chorus boasts a total of 19 voices. Mr. Jacobs has the group working hard on Negro spirituals, Stephen Foster folk songs, and standard popular songs. William G. Stratton, Governor, State of Illinois. Otto L. Batag, M.D., Director, Department of Public Welfare. Leo J. Flood, Superintendent, Illinois Braille and Sight-Saving School. The Banner, published monthly at IBSSS. Editor-in-Chief, Peggy Carter. Assistant Editor, Eugene Schmidt. Feature Reporters, Ian Stevens, Bill Johnson. Grade School News, Neva Massey, Carol Ann Smith. Sports Section, Celine Bush, Richard Kryzek. Faculty Advisor, John Dietrich. Braille Consultant, L.W. Rodenberg. Editorial Section, Labor Day, 1957. A Black Letter Day? When the Founders had an inspiration to form unions, no doubt they had the best of intentions in mind. It is very likely the men never envisioned that unions would obtain such giant and far-reaching influences. Even with the start of an organization, there is always the threat of dishonesty disguised as good. Perhaps the founders of the first unions did not see far enough ahead to be able to foretell what the future held for the now widely organized unions. Back in 1940, there came the idea to amalgamate two of the largest unions in the country. These unions were the American Federation of Labor and the Congress of Industrial Organizations. There were problems in these two unions. The CIO was infiltrated with communists. The AFL had been corrupted with racketeers. It was plain that before the two unions could merge, each union would have to rid themselves of their corrupt influences. In 1952, a presidential election was held in the CIO. Walter Reuter, former secretary-treasurer, became the new chief. He drastically weeded out the communists in that organization. Meanwhile, the AFL was unable to eliminate its mobster element. In 1955, the first steps were taken to merge the two powerful groups. The Teamsters, one of the larger segments of the combined groups, have in this past year had their corruption made public. They now face expulsion. It might be pointed out that a communist can be traced through his connections as a red. A labor racketeer, on the other hand, works from the inside of his union and is therefore more difficult to spot. The warfare which is now going on is the uncovering of these members of the underworld. It is like fighting the communists again. But George Meany and Walter Reuter are looking at the lighter side of things. It is darker before dawn. Ian Stevens Seeds of Peace 
To all of summer's beauties, we are soon to say goodbye. The leaves will first dance freely, and a cooler breeze will sigh. Then snow will stop the leaves from play, and dress the trees in white. No more the songs of summer birds, for they will take their flight. But if your thoughts are beautiful and well cared for each day, God's loving hand and faith's sunshine will make your winter gay. Refreshing drops of wisdom's rain will make your thought crop grow. Your life will be a summertime, and seeds of peace you'll sow. Carol Ann Smith Girls' Gym Program The gym program for the girls in grades 7 through 12 is just about the same this year as it has been in the past. During the fall, they will be having kicks and serves as usual. This winter, though, first aid will be eliminated. Most of the winter will be devoted to basketball throwing, with the exception of about two weeks, which will be reserved for tumbling. The remainder of the year will be taken up with track and field. It includes running, several types of jumps, and ball throwing. This should be a very active year for the girls. Sports in the Air The sports for the boys this year will be just about the same as it has been. This fall, Mr. Hallitzer is having football. He wishes to have as many boys as possible. After football is completed about the last of October, wrestling will be the main interest of the school. A trophy for IBSSS? Coach Hallitzer says that if the boys come out for wrestling, and if they work, and if they train well, we should win a trophy in the conference this year. Wouldn't you like to know that you helped win that trophy? Consider participating in wrestling this year, fellows. Hello. We wish to welcome two new students to our high school, and we sincerely hope that they will enjoy life in their new school. Dora Lou Summers from Benton, Illinois, has enrolled as a freshman in our high school. She is 16, and one of her interests is art. When Dora graduates, she hopes to become a secretary. Dale Stoner, the new junior from Danville, Illinois, is 19. He is interested in boxing, wrestling, music, and foreign languages. When Dale graduates, he hopes to become an interpreter. Grade School News we wish to welcome all of the new students to our school. We hope they will find happiness and many fond friendships. The new kindergarten students are as follows. Linda Arnold, Janet and Judy Christian, who are twins, Mary Lou McCarity, who is sister of Carol Jean McCarity, Mildred Race, Gilbert Dudley, Thomas Watkin, Janice Hernetio, Paulette Bainbridge, Mary Christine Johnson, Diana Hill, Donna Smart, Louis Thompson, Tommy Pruitt, Richard Colbert, Connie Sloan, 
and Mary Joan Shelby. Junior primary newcomers are Billy Zimmerman, Teresa Hubner, Stephen Brewers, and Charlene Lovell. Other new students are Vern DeWitt, second grade, Donna Overturf and Barbara Frazier, third grade, Paula Nethery and Susie Scott, fourth grade, and Grace Ward, seventh grade. Jean's Picnic Jeannie was getting ready for a picnic with her friends, Anne, Kathy, and Peggy. She was glad that it didn't rain and spoil it, and also that they didn't invite their brothers this time. She was about ready. Mom, did you put the Kool-Aid in the refrigerator? Yes, her mother answered. She got the Kool-Aid and poured it into the big thermos bottle and put it in her picnic basket. Now I'm all ready, she said. Jean, her twin brother, came in from outside. He eyed the basket with interest. Who's going on a picnic, he asked. Peggy, Anne, Kathy, and me, and not anybody else, she replied with pleasure. You mean you're not asking your poor, starving brother? No, not the way you acted the last time, she said angrily. At that same time, she saw her friends coming, so she grabbed the basket and fled before her brother had a chance to argue with her. So they went without asking their brothers, he said to himself. I don't suppose the other boys like this either. Jean had a plan. In order for his plan to work, he'd have to get in touch with the other brothers. He went down the road to his friend Tommy's house. He saw Tommy mowing the lawn. Tommy, he cried, wouldn't you rather go on a picnic instead of doing that hard work? I sure would, he replied. Well, you can, Jean said. I have a plan. Meanwhile, Jeannie and her friends had found a good spot for their picnic. It was in the little park where they always liked to go, also where most people liked to go, because it was kept up so nicely. I'm glad that we don't have those boys to throw Kool-Aid in our hair like they did last time. Anne said. It was your brother that was the ringleader, Jeannie, Peggy said with disgust. Well, we don't have him around today, Kathy said. Suddenly, from one of the bushes came a box, and as it hit the ground, it burst open. Out of the box swarmed bees. The girls screamed, dropped everything they had, and ran. Some of them got stung by the bees, which made them scream all the more. After everything had quieted down a bit, out of the bushes came four hungry, mischievous-looking boys. These were the poor little brothers that got left behind. They were Jean and his friends Tommy, Mike, and Bill. They eagerly went for the food and enjoyed it. That'll teach those silly girls to have a picnic and not invite us, Jean said with his mouth full. It sure will, said Mike. It's a good thing your dad raises bees, Jean, 
Bill said, laughing, as he thought of how the girls screamed and ran. "'What will he say when he finds some of them gone?' Tommy asked. "'I haven't thought of that, but I'll think of something. First, I'm going to enjoy my picnic,' Jean said as he reached for another sandwich. Neva Massey